This week I have, uh, I went to drug court to meet with some people and uh, the judge was very strict and was just uh, like, you know, lecturing this poor person that we love and other people that we know, lecturing, lecturing, lecturing about all the rules that they weren't following. Um, and it was like, uh, really severe and i was just thinking how many people i know that see god that way like the judge i mean drug court is a disciplined system to, to force people to you know to try to get into the recovery because there's always the the risk of of the prison sentence right okay but i think a lot of people see god as the same way god is a god who gives us a million rules and if we don't follow all those rules, then we're going to go to hell. How many of you have heard of that idea? Heard about a God like that? Yeah. Okay. And so what's really interesting is Paul, the, the writer of a third of probably half the New Testament or more. Paul, the apostle Paul, he was miss, He was a, a Pharisee, which means he was like a religious hotshot who thought that um, the way you get saved is by following the hundreds of commandments that could be extracted from the Old Testament. And he thought that was the only way to be saved. And so um, he was trying, he, he thought that he was, a, he was succeeding. And so he thought he was above it all, above everybody, right? So he wrote the book of Romans and he says, um, for Moses writes that the man or, and woman who practices the righteousness, which is based on law, shall live by that righteousness, okay? So the, the law of Moses was what a lot of people thought they had to practice in order to be saved. And so, um, but this is the different kind of way of Jesus. But the righteousness based on faith speaks as follows, okay? So there's another way when it's the righteousness based on faith. So here's what he says. Don't say in your heart, who will go up into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. In other words, don't, some people think, I've got to climb up to heaven by just uh, being a righteous person, or just by maybe worshiping. Like the only way that I can really climb up to heaven is just worship really hard, or pray really hard, or read the Bible really hard. You know, and I can get God to kind of come down and fix my situation. You know, um, have you guys ever been tempted to do that? To try to be really religious, to kind of get God to do something that you need him to do? Yeah. Do, we, do any of us try to do that still? Like when we're really desperate? Yeah. Well, we don't need to. This is Romans 10, verse uh, 7. Because look, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. Okay, the word of God is really close. It's, 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 in your, it's, it's not far away. You know, some people think my sin makes God flee because he's too holy to hang around me. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes. I could, I could start a rap or something. My sin, I, I forgot what I said. Oh, well. <laughs> So a lot of people think, though, it's about um, it's about us getting God to come towards us by being beautiful, beautiful in a religious way. 
you know, by just being shiny and polished and perfect and righteous, okay? And Paul's saying, no, the word of God is already near you, just the way you are, just the way you are. It's right near you. Like Cain, he's the guy who was the first child of the first humans born out of, out of Eden, okay? And right at the beginning of, Genesis, of, the, of the Bible in Genesis 4, he gets really angry because uh, God chose to look upon his brother's offering instead of his. Okay, and, and so he was like jealous because God liked Abel's offering more than Cain's. And he, said, he should have been happy, like, oh, that's great, Abel. God really loves your offering. But instead, he was like angry. And so it says that God said to Cain, why are you angry? God was right there, right there. And uh, I don't know if you've ever tried this, but like when you're really angry or jealous or about to, you know, commit a crime or about to relapse, have you ever noticed the presence of God? Have you ever noticed that there's, that God is God is close? It's, it, if you haven't noticed it, it's, it could be that because you've been you, you've been mistakenly thinking that that sin separates you from God, that you know that your misdeeds cause God to run away from you, and that's false. Okay, it's a, it's a lie of the enemy. The enemy wants you to think. When you're really messed up and you're about ready to fall or in the middle of falling, you're in the middle of a crime spree, God is far away because God is too holy and righteous to be close. But that's a lie. God is a very present help in a time of trouble. Okay, so he's right there. You could be like so tweaking on, on numerous drugs all at the same time. And, and the Holy Spirit is just right there. You know, um, Lorinda, why? Um, are you so distressed that you think that this drug's going to help you? Bob, you know, why are you, you know, whatever. Like God wants to come. God wants to get our attention. God is close to us. And God wants to get our attention. Okay. So, um, so it says, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. Wow, that's cool. That is the word of faith, which we're preaching. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Wow, that easy? Yes, that easy. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you just admit and agree, Jesus is God. I mean, the Lord is, a, is another name, a.k.a. God, right? The Father. If you believe Jesus, like Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Okay, so if you believe in your heart that, um, I mean, if you confess with your mouth, um, like if you just admit it and speak it out and um, that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart, okay, that, she, that God raised him from the dead. In other words, the death's been defeated. Death, death, death is, is the enemy, the last enemy to be destroyed, but it's already been conquered by Jesus when he was raised from the dead. If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, okay, is that easy to do? To believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead? Do you want to believe that he raised that God raised him from the dead? Okay, that's good. If you want to believe that, then you can just say, God, um, I believe, help my unbelief. Maybe you don't completely believe it. You're not completely sure. Okay, that's okay. Just uh, so if you're like that, you could just say, uh, say you don't believe it, but you want to believe it. 
that's good. God loves that. So you can just say, okay, God, I don't believe it. I don't think, but I want to believe it. Um, so will you help me? Okay. God loves that. God's like, oh yeah, I'll help you. Okay. So if you, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and if you believe um, in your heart that God raised the dead, you will be saved. Wow. Saved. Okay. And that word saved means liberated, healed. Uh, you'll live forever and ever and ever. After you die, you'll be raised from the dead. You're going to be in God's presence in the new heaven and the new earth, right? So wouldn't that be cool? That's what I want. For with a heart, a person believes. See, it's, it's, isn't that interesting? It's not our head that we believe. We don't have to get every question answered in order to believe. Our heart sometimes knows what our head hasn't been convinced about, right? In our heart, we, we know that we're drawn to the love of God. And maybe we, um, we can believe with our heart, and that's different than just having all of our questions answered in our brain. And uh, do you guys know, can you tell the difference when your heart is kind of calling you versus your head? Yeah? Okay. But with a heart, a person believes resulting in righteousness. Okay. Because when we, when we begin to believe that, and that leads to action, okay, which is action in alignment with God's perfect, you know, sort of narrow pathway that leads to life, abundant life. And that's righteousness. Righteousness is when we begin to respond to that word that's right there close to us. Okay. Because the word says, hey, look, forgive that person. Um, don't hold it against them. Hey, you just gossip. That's not cool. Just take that back. Okay. I take that back. Sorry, I gossiped. Um, um, I don't want to say anything nasty about that person. And I, and I, Forgive me for doing that. That's not the kind of person I want to be. Like the word of God, when it's really close to us and we respond to it, that's, that, that leads to like transformation because that means that we're just in agreement with what God's saying to us, right? That's, and that's, that. so with the, um, with the heart, a person believes resulting in righteousness and with the mouth, they confess resulting in salvation. But the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. Oh, really? If I believe in Jesus, I won't be disappointed. Okay, well, if I believe in Jesus as my highest power, I won't be disappointed. I wonder if that's true. How would you know if that was true or not? That you wouldn't, if you believe in Jesus as your highest power, you won't be disappointed. What's that? You go by faith. But in other words, you have, to, you have to try it out. You have to do it, right? What's that? Yeah. I mean, just think of all the things that we have faith in. We, we might take a hit off a cigarette without even knowing whether it's, you know, it's tobacco. Maybe it's tobacco laced with strychnine. But how do we know it's not? We have faith that we're not going to die, fall over dead, when we take the hit off of our cigarette, right? Or off of whatever we're smoking. Yeah, okay, but, but it takes faith to get in your car and uh, hope that the brakes are going to work, right? Or whatever. But, um, yeah. We can be disappointed in people, okay, because people are, we are just a, a difficult lot, the human race, and we will disappoint one another, okay? Sooner or later, it's just going to happen. Okay, but with God, we can be disappointed too, because God's 
action isn't fast enough for a lot of us. We want to see God like now. I want an answer now. And so sometimes we do get disappointed. Okay. Uh, and because it, things don't happen as fast in, in our timing. Right. And that's, that's true. But in the long run, over the long haul, says the one who believes. Actually, it doesn't even say over the long haul. It says whoever uh, believes in the Whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. For there's no distinction between Jew and Greek. In other words, no dis distinction between the people of God and pagans. Okay? There's no distinction between those that are believers and pagans, according to, according to this. For the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call upon him. Abounding in riches? Abounding is a big word, right? Abounding means like lots and lots and lots, okay? Abounding, like people that push their carts out of Costco, which is piles of stuff, right? Abounding, they have carts that are abounding with stuff, food, right? There are different kinds of riches. These are different kinds of riches. Abounding in riches for all who call on them. No discrimination, okay? You can be um, anybody. You can be a cartel drug lord, or you can be someone that goes to... Christ the King, who's a righteous person that never goes past over the speed limit. And God is still abounding in riches for you. Yeah. You'd rather be rich than what? Yeah. You can't buy the best things in life. Your kids need your presence, yeah, more than your presence. Yeah, right. That's good. I like that. So whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Have any of you ever tried that and had that happen? Where you cried out, save me, and you were saved? You're, you're not dead anymore? I guess if you're here, you're not dead. I've had that happen so many times where I've been in a situation where I could have just been dead the next instant. Like uh, climbing, I've been climbing on walls, and, you know, where I was in gra grave danger, where I could have just died. I thought, I'm going to die. Did I die? No, I, I'm alive. I thought, any second, I'm going to die. And I'm just like, God, save me, Jesus, help. And here I am, okay? Like, whoever calls on the name of the Lord, which is the name of Jesus, will be saved. Okay, that's pretty cool. I'm sorry, I can't hear you because of that fan. We are, we are all are going to die. And so save doesn't mean just not dying. Save means, save can mean not dying, but it can mean also not, you know, just living forever, right? After death. So the one who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved, but there's no, um, how then will they call on the one who they haven't believed? Like, if you don't believe in someone or you don't know someone is there, you don't know Jesus is available to you, you can't call on him if you don't even know that he's there, right? And this is part of the problem. A lot of people don't know that they can, that the, that the word of God is near, that they don't have to be all cleaned up and have, a, have clean UAs for however many months and have their 20th year of sobriety or have paid all their fines and done all the, all the requirements that to get whatever they were trying to get. They, a lot of people don't realize that God is right there, right here, right there in your, 
in your heart, in your mouth, like right there, right here. God, like, where are you, God? It's like, I'm right here, Bob. You know, like right in our face. Okay. How will they call on him who they haven't believed? How will they believe in him who they have not heard? Okay. How will they hear without a preacher? Okay. So the weird thing about the way that God works is through people. That's why Jesus' first action almost was to recruit uh, fishermen to be his disciples and tax collectors, right? He went and he called people, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of people. Because Jesus needs people that are that are living out on the on the Swinomish Reservation, or that are living in Cedar Willie or Hamilton or Lyman or Concrete or Mount Vernon or Burlington or wherever we live, right? Yeah. Uh, Bellingham. Jesus needs people that hang with bikers and that you know hang with recovery people. And um, what's that? I know there's a nice bike. Up. That's so great. There's a lot of recovery people that are into Jesus. Yeah. Oh yeah, Gracie and I were, um, or Anna and I were talking about, Anna and I were driving um, and I was saying, you know, I'm kind of upset when people just say how disgusted they are by gay people and, and this or that and how gay people do this and do that kind of, these actions disgust them. And I'm saying, you know, we gotta be careful that we're not saying we're disgusted by anybody because those people are God's children yes. and we gotta show love to everybody. We're not gonna be disgusted by anybody. We wanna show love everybody and we, we don't want to be about judgment yeah. and so we shouldn't be talking about how disgusted we are about anyone right that's what i think yeah do you think that god working through that mean drug court judge i think so i think god can work through the mean drug, drug court judge so anna and i were driving and we were talking about this anna's going yeah you're right we don't want to be judging anyone like that and so then we get to this grocery store and there was a obviously sort of trans or lesbian girl that was all tricked out with you know making herself look very much you know um, a particular way and you know we came up she was very young and um she had tat she was tatted up everywhere but she had a big tattoo of a cross um, on her forearm and it said uh, only god can judge and so we said to her anna said wow that is a Cool tattoo. That yeah, right. Only God can judge. And so I said, I said, that's right. Only God can judge. And God doesn't judge. God doesn't judge you. And she was like, you know, she was like kind of slowly warming to us, right? And uh, but it was like a sign because we just had this conversation. Pretty cool. And we prayed for ice cream. Yeah, we prayed that there be mint chocolate chip mint ice cream. And there never is at this particular store. And when we got there, there was one left. So whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved through ice cream. Okay. So check this out. How will they call on him who they haven't believed? How will they believe in whom they've never heard? Okay. And how will they hear without a preacher? Right. How will they preach unless they're sent? Okay, so one of the things Gracie and I feel really strongly, and Lisa and all of us here at Tianueva, Julio, you know, Julio's like really into like walking the streets of Burlington and passing out flyers and praying for people. And all of us, we feel like we're a missionary church 
that we want to be um, like, look at this right there. It says, Tionuevo is about making disciples of Jesus and raising up shepherds empowered by the Holy Spirit who seek after lost sheep until they're found, bringing them back to secure home settings where their return is celebrated among friends and neighbors and where they pursue their healing, holistic liberation and transformation. Okay. So we're about sending. We want people to be sent from this place as preachers. Okay. Well, the word preacher is a bad word. It doesn't have to mean like being up in front of everybody like I am right now, or like fancy preachers are who are on stages with suits and ties and who tell jokes and who are entertainers, um, which I'm not. And uh, preaching is just another word for it. It's just telling or communicating, sharing. Okay. How many of you feel more comfortable sharing than preaching? Or how many of you feel more comfortable telling someone something rather than preaching to, to somebody? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, preaching can be translated telling. Yeah. Okay. So how are, how are they going to know without, um, without someone who's going to tell them? Right. And how will they uh, tell unless they're sent? Okay. Well, you guys are sent. They were sending you. So there. Just as it's written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. Um, however, they did not all listen to the good news. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So faith comes through hearing through our ears, right? That's why telling, sharing is so important. Because if we're sharing about how we can call in the name of, of Jesus and be saved, you know, and, um, and we're not going to be disappointed when we put our trust in Jesus. If we're telling that, and then we have a story of a, like a testimony of how God is helping us, then that actually stirs up faith in people. Okay? It stirs up faith. Um, and, uh, and that's what builds faith. And we want to be building faith in, um, in each other through sharing um, what God's doing in our lives, right? And sharing the liberating gospel, the message that God loves us, and he's close to us without any conditions and without any strings. And he's uh, right there, close and personal and, and available to us without us having to jump through a bunch of hoops and meet a bunch of requirements and deserve it through being righteous. You know, we can be messed up and broken and falling on our faces and God is right there and he doesn't discriminate and help us less than he would someone who's been fasting and praying and has this set of swear words for 20 years. Yes, Richard. What's that? Teaching. Teaching is another thing. It's more like explaining things. And that's another thing that's super important is to teach. I'm more of a teacher where you try to explain things and make sense of it for people, right? So I'm trying to think of a testimony that's a cool testimony of something that God has done lately that would stir up faith. I'm trying to think of one. Um, we prayed for a woman who had an abscessed tooth the other day, um, and um, she was having a hard time concentrating, talking about what the what you know Jesus and everything, getting her ready for baptism, talking about that, and she was just holding her her um, face and just feeling all this pain. And I just said, hey, maybe we should just pray right now. And I was kind of scared because I thought, what if God doesn't heal her? Then it's kind of going to be lame, right? So I was doubting. 
but it was too late. I always said, I think we should pray right now. And then I asked her boyfriend, why don't you put your hand on her face? And then I thought, oh no, why did I do that? Because if he's not really in alignment with praying for healing and he doesn't have any faith and he's never done that and she doesn't believe that it's going to make a difference, nothing's going to happen. So then I was like, okay, I'm not even going to, I banished those thoughts from my head. And then I just said, okay, let's pray. So we prayed, we commanded the pain to go away in Jesus' name and, and the swelling to go down. And just right away, the woman said, pain's gone. And it just feels like different. And, uh, and it, that was a week ago. And like she hasn't, she hasn't had any, uh, any more pain at all. She is taking an antibiotic also. So, but they said no, but it was like an immediate improvement. So we're not against medicines too, like, right? Like I was healed of cancer, but I still take a medication. But it was, I was obviously healed because in one month, the tumor I had in my abdomen shrunk by 50% after I was prayed for by many, many people. And the doctors had told me I was gonna to have to have chemo. And I didn't, and I haven't had to, that was three or three and a half years ago. Okay, so faith comes through hearing, right? Yes. And so we have to be, but in order for people to believe, they need someone who will tell them. And they need, uh, we need to be able to send people to tell those, you know, to share about Jesus and about faith. Yes, Lisa. I think Yeah. Oh yeah, Mike. He's he's not here right now at the moment, but too bad he, he had to go. But Mike was um, um was we were doing a Bible study and we just switched sides of the river because the place where Jessica and Jason and Lorinda where we used to go Rex before. Um, by the in Edgewater Park had so many mosquitoes that it was just pure misery. So uh, everyone convinced me that we should go to the other side of the river. I was kind of holding out because mosquitoes didn't bother me. But we finally we went, and that turned out to be a divine kind of choice, a thing we did because we were uh, we were reading the Bible right by the totem pole thing um, in uh, on the boardwalk when. Uh, Lorinda peeked around the corner and Mike, um, Mike had just been praying, God, I just need something. I need a Bible study. Can you help me find a Bible study? I need a Bible study tonight because he was feeling super down. And that's right when Lorinda peeked around the, at the edge and he saw Lorinda's face. And he said, Lorinda. And then Lorinda said, Mike, and said, hey, we're having a Bible study. Come and join us. That was pretty cool. So Mike's been coming every week, um, thanks to Lorinda's face, and then Lorinda inviting Mike. So anyway, you guys, I just wanted to uh, inspire you a little bit to just think about um, faith being something that um, God wants to stir up in us, and uh, so that we are people who, um, I guess, we can believe that God's love is so strong and God's presence is available to all of us without us being rule followers. You know, uh, I mean, it's good to, it's good to, to change our lives in, a, in agreement with drug court, for instance, or to be careful about not breaking laws that are going to get us having to pay giant fines or having our licenses permanently suspended or whatever. Of course, it's important to kind of 
try to comply, right? But with God, it's different. You know, God saves, God is a friend of sinners, and he's so quick to forgive us. If we confess our sins, he will forgive us and cancel everything. And there's no record. He doesn't keep a record in his heavenly computer system. It's erased permanently. And so he can't even go, oh, well, last week you did this because he's already forgotten. Okay, he doesn't keep a record of anything. So we got to remember that's the liberating gospel is that God is close and available to us. And then also that God um, needs people like you and me to share that with other people. Um, so that because otherwise, how are they going to know about it? Okay, and that the message faith gets awakened in us when um, when when we share and people hear with their ears, because that's how the, that's how faith is stirred up. So, and then um, God needs workers who are going to go out and share in humble, simple ways. You being yourself, you know, you being you, and just being natural, right? So let's pray. So God, help us to be um, be willing to be sent and to make ourselves available. Um, we, we pray that first and foremost, we would believe the gospel, the good news that you're close to us and that you uh, love us the way we are and that we can just cry out to you in your name, Jesus, and you save us and um, help us to believe that we can be your agents, we can be your messengers. We pray that we would um, have courage to share the liberating message in our own humble um, ways, even if we're scared. Take away our fear just enough so that we'll risk it. And uh, we just pray that we would really go out this week and spread the good news. In Jesus' name, amen.